you know, we need to uh, speak up for ourselves. And if they say no, ask them why. You know, because I was saying I'd rather, I'd rather be here and pass away having the, trying to get the heart pump than to just lay here and wait to be on a drip and pass away. Welcome to another episode of Advocates in Action, a podcast created by the National Patient Advocate Foundation, a nonprofit that develops initiatives promoting equitable access to affordable quality health care through policy action and partnerships. I'm your host, Ashley Freeman, and welcome to season eight, where we get the opportunity to share with you about the journey we've been on this year for shared decision-making at critical points and a long illness journey, a project of Patient Advocate Foundation and National Patient Advocate Foundation, made possible in part by support from the Danaher Foundation. Over this last year, we've partnered with leaders in Rollville, Mississippi, Richmond, Virginia, and Los Angeles, California, to co-create workshops to learn from patients who are living with cancer and other chronic diseases, their caregivers, and some providers to understand what shared decision-making means to their communities. Thank you to everyone involved. It was an honor to visit these cities, learn the history, make connections with people, and learn about what matters to you and how you make decisions about important issues related to your health and your life. Come along and relive the journey with me. In Rollville, Mississippi, we partnered with Freddie White Johnson of the Fannie Lou Hamer Cancer Foundation to co-create our first workshop. When we walked in the Rollville Community House, we were greeted with Southern hospitality by Freddie and her team who were setting up the snacks and check-in table. The venue had a huge room, fully equipped with a stage, kitchen, and restrooms. It's a staple in the community and used for many gatherings and events. Rollville itself is a rural town rich with history. It was established as an important cotton shipping point on the railroad and home to Greasy Street, a destination for blues performers in the early 1900s. It's also the hometown of Fannie Lou Hamer, an instrumental activist in the civil rights movement who endured breast cancer and was given a hysterectomy in 1961 without her consent when she was undergoing surgery to remove a uterine tumor. Unfortunately, her experience was not unique. It was so commonly performed on black women that it was nicknamed a Mississippi appendectomy. And still to this day, the people living in Mississippi are tasked with finding solutions to receive equitable health care and providers that will truly partner together to co-create their treatment journey. Being very aware of this, we opened the workshop with a keynote from nurse Tamarin Collins, founder of Maximum Care Clinic, who empowered the audience to remember the power they have through shared decision making. Don't feel guilty about questioning your provider about a particular service, a particular medication, because you are in charge. If it gives a certain side effect, if it does, if you don't want to go and have this procedure done at this facility, it doesn't mean that you feel bad about the facility. If the, that the facility has done any harm to you, it means that you are in charge of your health care. You get to decide. You get to call the shots along with your medical provider. And they're so accustomed to the doctor saying, but what about what you say? How do you feel 
about what the provider is asking you to do. The majority of the attendees were not new to advocating for themselves. They had their own tools they used to communicate with their providers. They were all very confident in the relationships they have with their healthcare team and decisions they were making about their care. They trusted themselves and leaned into their own discernment. I chose to go and respect you, but that was a choice that I had to make, and I'm glad I made that choice. I just felt good behind it. I mm -hmm. mean, her, her family helped me, mm -hmm. her children, and she was there to help me. Yeah. And you stay positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's nothing. You think it is nothing, mm -hmm. you know? You want to live, and that's what I thought about. My family is important to me, my sons. I feel better, I feel great, I feel confident that I don't have to deal with that disease. It's something about that time you can tell. You know, what kind of doctor he is, was he sent, or did he go? When I do pray, uh, I get the right discernment from the man of God. And after that, then the Holy Spirit start working on me. about faith in Mississippi. I was enamored by people's faith. It's easy to look at a medical diagnosis as a very concrete, positive or negative situation. But what I heard from the majority of the attendees is that when God is in the center of all of your situations, things aren't always the way they appear on paper or a test result. They showed me the power of believing in the unseen and how that is a cornerstone for decision making. Even people who aren't religious can learn from this because faith isn't exclusively a spiritual principle. Faith goes by many names. All it is is a positive mental attitude and expectation that a situation can work out in your favor, even if in the moment it doesn't seem that way. I hope that we can all infuse that lesson learned from the people in Mississippi into not only our outlook on our health care, but to every aspect in life, because within every adversity, there can be a seed of equal or greater benefit if you just have faith that it will. Our second stop in Richmond, Virginia, we partnered with Dr. Robert Wynn and his team at Virginia Commonwealth University's Massey Comprehensive Cancer Center. The workshop was held on one of the sunniest Saturdays in June at the Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden. As I drove through the entrance gates, I was greeted by lush greenery and colorful flowers and birds chirping. The parking lots were packed and families were walking around every corner of the grounds. It was the perfect day to be outside soaking up the sun and beautiful vegetation. There were sculptures, a rose garden, a pond, a butterfly house. Many of our attendees spend hours of their time sitting in clinics and hospitals receiving treatment so for this workshop, we chose a location that was tranquil and restorative, a place where no matter how challenging their week might have been, they could enter and be able to relax and just be present. Dr. Wynn and MPAF's Gwen Darian opened the event by asking people why did they say yes to attending, and the answers were very moving. 
Everyone was so open to share right away about their personal cancer journeys or how they are a caregiver for someone with cancer. Everyone who was a patient at Massey appreciated the care that they received and now wanted to pay it for it by helping others. It says a lot about a person's character when in spite of the tests and challenges they are facing, they decide to funnel that energy into helping someone else. We're known as the sassy survivors. And I have to already told Becky Massey and my oncologist, I'm like, look out for us because we're planning on getting in the headlines because we're planning on using our voice and our survivorship. I went through those that supported me. I called them my C-Squad. And I said, but now I'm on the other side of that. Not that I don't need support, but I know that there were people that did need support, that did need resources, and did need to be in a place of somebody that could hug them or help them or something. And I said, I'm on that side now. So yes, that's why I'm here, because I want to be one of those people that advocate not just for myself, but that support and advocate for others. I learned about passion in Richmond. Passion to help others like Vanessa Spurlock and Donna Hill just mentioned, but also passion for living life on your own terms. Passion for questioning doctors when they say there's nothing else that can be done. Passion for speaking up about your desires. Passion like Ivana Davis. You know, it's good to be an advocate for yourself. And not just be a statistic on their paper, you know, saying that you're not strong enough for this, you're not capable of having this, this, or that. You know, we need to uh, speak up for ourselves. And if they say no, ask them why. You know, because I was saying I'd rather, I'd rather be here and pass away having to, trying to get the heart pump than to just lay here and wait to be on a drip and pass away. And to God's glory in Massey Cancer Center, the doctor came in the next day and they said, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do to get you out of here. Ivana's story shows us the importance of not only knowing what matters to you, but also articulating that to your healthcare team, even if it goes against what they originally suggested. Be a bold force when it comes to your decision making. Know that power that you have and put it into action. At the third and last stop in Los Angeles, California, we partnered with Viviana Criado of Los Angeles Alliance for Community Health and Aging and Reggie Tucker Seely. When we entered the grounds, we were welcomed by massive palm trees lining the parking lot and a campus full of buildings at Watts Labor Community Action Committee. This organization was founded in 1965 and has been a staple for South Central Los Angeles residents, providing shelter, food, employment, transportation, the community's first credit union, healthcare through the Martin Luther King Jr. Medical Center, and a plethora of other resources for the community. We walked past the other buildings to arrive at Freedom Hall, which was in the back right corner of the campus. As soon as I entered the doors, I saw a mural depicting lynching, police brutality, a judge wearing a Ku Klux Klan symbol on his robe, women sitting in the rows at church, a little boy eating a sandwich, and a father holding his newborn baby. And I immediately thought of the resiliency of my ancestors. 
who navigate it being African-American in the United States. I've read stories about the Watts Rebellion and rich black history in Los Angeles, but to walk the grounds of Freedom Hall and to see the pictures of the Black Panther Party lining the walls, framed ads about the sales of enslaved people who just arrived as cargo, a head bust of Dr. King, racist blackface memorabilia, and other artwork and collectibles that capture the experiences and history evoked feelings of sadness and gratitude. I didn't get to fully read and process everything because it was time to start the workshop. We started with an introduction, icebreaker, and then Reggie Tucker Seely, principal owner of Health Equity Strategies and Solutions, hosted a panel with Dr. Heather Chickadance, the department chair of family medicine at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, and Cornelius Thompson, a patient navigator at Harbor UCLA Medical Clinic, about what does shared decision-making look like in practice? Patient has way more knowledge of their body, their life, their family, their priorities. And so the physician needs to recognize that, that the patient actually has more knowledge. Physician might have a lot of book knowledge, it might have a lot of experience around that particular medical issue, that cancer. When I have a patient who's being, you know, proposed for different chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, I'm in a learning mindset with them. I don't know the latest and the greatest. The shared decision-making process is sometimes exploring that content, that knowledge together, and then kind of putting it into the context of the person's life. My patients aren't transparent, starting off. Um, but as time goes on, phone calls are made, visits are conducted, and then that level of trust starts to come in because oftentimes they see, especially coming from um, incarceration and back into society is someone actually cares. Majority of the people who are coming out of prison, they don't think that people care. And so to have a community health worker say, hey, uh, I'm here for you. Um, my eight hours is strictly predicated on assisting you, your needs, what you need. In recent discussions about the slow uptake of shared decision making, some say the extent of time it takes is a barrier, but think about what you just heard from those providers. It's clearly worth it to have that level of intentionality and ask a couple of extra questions to show that you truly care. Caregivers like Lily Clark who are traveling hours away from their homes to gain access and quality care for their loved ones deserve having scheduling and payment systems that support providers having time to fully understand the needs of their patients. I was able to get the services I needed. I was persistent in him getting the biopsies, but where did I have to go? Costa Mesa. Where did I have to go for him to get the screening? Santa Monica. There was nowhere in our zip code. Um, and we live in South Central, Spa 6. We did our research from Yorba Linda to San Diego. Um, and yeah, I, I sat there for hours. I am not going to sit there and allow a no to stop. As Black people, we've never let a no stop us. That was evident from the pictures and history lining the walls in Freedom Hall. Historically, we've been told no to having equal rights in this country. And we see that unequitable distribution still today in healthcare. 
I learned about resilience in Los Angeles. The health facilities and expertise are there, but often remain unavailable to disenfranchised patients. I was inspired by the resilience of the attendees, the miles they drove for quality care, the hours of research they did on their own to find solutions, and the years they gave back to serving their communities and helping others navigate the system. It's very evident that each location had similarities, but also its own unique characteristics as well. Three communities, all united by one mission, which is to make sure access to equitable care that centers the experiences and preferences of the patient is available to all people. I'm Ashley Freeman, and thanks for listening to this episode of Advocates in Action. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please visit our website at npaf.org slash podcast for show notes, resources, and ways to engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening.